the gospel of St. John chapter number 5. If you found that this morning, will you say amen? amen? The Bible says this morning in verse number 1, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches. In these lay, great, lay a great multitude of impotent folks, of blind, halt, and withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then First, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and the Lord and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. You may be seated. Father, good God in heaven. Lord, you know my heart this morning. You know our mind. I ask you this morning, God, that you would inhabit my heart. Lord, I pray today, God, that you would cleanse my mind and empty me of self. Fill me with your spirit. I pray this morning that you'd cleanse us and make us whole. Lord, I pray and I ask you this morning for a little while, God, that you'd hide us, Lord, behind the cross, hide us in the cleft of the rock, Lord, why, and cover us there with your hand while your glory passes by. Father, I ask you this morning to minister to every man, woman, boy, and girl that is listening this day, Lord God, or in the future, Lord, by sermon audio or Facebook. Father, we pray this morning that you would minister specifically to the listener. Lord, I ask you to guide and lead and search our hearts and try our ways. See if there be any wicked way in us. And Father, I pray this morning that you'd help us to do thy will. We love you and thank you, Lord. We give you glory and honor. Save the sinner, reclaim the backslider, and encourage the child of God. In Jesus' lovely name, the, together the church says, Amen. Amen. A couple of things I want to show you this morning uh, before I get into the message. Uh, this morning... Uh, uh, the word Bethesda in verse number 2, the Bible says, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folks, uh, and of blind, of halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Uh, we learned this morning the definition of Bethesda. It simply means a uh, uh, house of mercy. There was a great multitude of people with infirmities, with sickness, with uh, maybe it was a mind problem, maybe it was a spiritual problem, maybe it was a physical problem. The scripture actually lists uh, 
this morning uh, uh, impotent folks of blind and halt and withered. Uh, doesn't that just sound like church? Let me explain what I mean by that this morning. I want you to know this morning uh, uh, that I was blind until he let me see. Amen. You were too, neighbor. Halt, uh, not able to get around. Uh, uh, and thank God this morning I learned uh, that I can't even walk without him holding my hand. And we see the last example that he said there uh, was withered, uh, uh, not able to do a work, uh, not able to do a work for the Lord. You say, preacher, how do you know that these people were even believers? Uh, uh, they were there at the house of mercy waiting upon the angel to trouble the water. Uh, honey, but I want to show you this morning, if I can, uh, uh, this morning that he makes a statement in verse number 7. Listen to the testimony of this man. He said, the impotent man answered him and said, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Can I tell you this morning, can I remind you this morning, the scripture said that this man had been like this in this condition for 38 years. Can I tell you this morning that physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, if you will, uh, when we wrestle with a specific problem for so long, we just learn uh, to live with it and we start to feel sorry for ourselves. It's like we go through different phases, if you will. Uh, uh, first of all, the first thing we want is we want healing. We want over this sickness. We want over this infirmity. We want release from this bondage. Uh, we want release from this uh, 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 situation. Uh, uh, but then we might move into a place of pity or into a stage of pity where we feel sorry for ourselves, uh, where we start to use that infirmity or that sickness or that problem as a crutch. Uh, well, I can't do this because of that. Uh, now, I'm talking spiritually this morning, all right, church? I'm talking this morning to those that have wrestled with a spiritual problem so long for 38 years that you point that that is the reason that I cannot live for the Lord. That is the reason why I cannot go out and pass out gospel tracts. That is the reason why I can't be a witness. That is the reason why I don't stand up and give a testimony. That is the reason why I don't answer the call to preach the Word of God. That is the reason why I don't sing the Word, sing the song. That is the reason, Lord, why I don't get up every morning and acknowledge you as Brother Ricky was teaching. That is is the reason why I don't get up and read the Word of God every day consistently. That is the reason I can't live like this and we'll feel sorry for ourselves. We'll feel we'll just have a pity party and before long we'll blame God and we'll blame the church and we'll blame the deacon board we'll blame the pastor and we'll blame everybody else except where the fault lies. We'll have this problem of infirmity. And can I tell you, church hurts real. I appreciate all two of you that agreed with me. Maybe you ain't walked in my shoes. We get our feathers ruffled. We'll wear our feelings on our sleeves. We'll get wounded. We used to be outgoing for the Lord. Used to be active in everything for the Lord. 
when we get hurt, I'm just going to sit down. They didn't even acknowledge that I even worked on that wall back there this week. Well, they didn't even acknowledge that I picked up the tissues out of the seat. Well, they didn't even come around this morning and say, Good morning, Brother Bristol, and so it's good to see you today. See, we're human beings, and we'll get hurt, and we'll have an infirmity, and we'll be burdened, and we'll go through these different phases. We'll start to use this as a crutch, and we'll have a pity party. And you see in verse number 7, I believe it was, this man for 38 years, he might have seen the water troubled by the angel 38 times. For once a year, the angel would come down and trouble the water, and somebody would beat him in the water, and he was not blind. Blaming himself. He was blaming everybody else. Let me put it in a little bit of Robbieology. He might have said, Brother Jeff, he might not have the same problem I is, but he got to the water faster than I did, and he didn't even consider my problem. He didn't even consider my fault. And this man gave a testimony and said, Sir, I have no man. Can I tell you this morning, church, the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling I cannot serve the Lord in my own testimony to please you or to please anybody else I've got to serve him and do the best that I can and until we hold ourselves accountable it's real easy to blame Brother Jeff. I'm, now brother, I hope it's alright I'm picking on you Jeff Adams it alright if I pick on you hey man I got Adams blessing <laughs> Stay on him, amen. <laughs> I love you, Brother Jeff. I'll move on to Brother Adam here in a minute, okay? <laughs> you understand it's real easy for us to blame somebody else, but the fact and the truth of the matter is I am accountable for me. When I get up in the morning, when I get up in the morning, my, 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 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Amen. As Brother Ricky taught, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. You understand this morning, neighbor, honey, that we're living in a society that wants to blame everybody else for their problem. Well, I got a drinking problem. Well, the government's made it available to me. It's not my fault that I'm an alcoholic. We've got a drug addiction. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and preach a while. I hope that's all right. We'll blame everybody else. And we'll say, well, preacher, I just can't help it. I just can't help myself. You know, there's no control. There's no self-control anymore. Amen. We just do anything we want to to make ourselves good. To make ourselves feel like we want to feel. You say, preacher, what are you saying? We might have a gambling problem. 
and we'll blame it on everybody else. Or maybe we got a fornicating problem and we'll blame it on everybody else. Maybe we got a pornographic problem. Well, that internet, I just can't get rid of the internet. I just can't help it. You understand this morning, you are accountable for you. I'm accountable for me. And this man in verse number 7, he said, Sir, I have no man. Oh, can I tell you what Jesus said? Jesus said there is one greater than Solomon here. Can I tell you, Jesus, he'll be a friend that'll stick with you when the world forsakes you. He'll be one that'll go with you no matter what you go through. This man said, I have not a man. I can tell you about a man that'll go with you through thick and through thin that'll never quit on you and never leave you alone. You know what? This morning I'm going to preach real quick, fast, lightly in a hurry. I'm going to give you this title. It's time to get out of the bed of do nothing. <laughs> it's time to get out of the bed of do nothing. Preacher, what do you mean? Look with me this morning in verse number 3, if you would, this morning. The Bible says, In these, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. Blind and halt and withered. Look at this last statement. Waiting for the moving of the water. <laughs> uh, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in uh, was made whole of whatsoever disease uh, he had. Uh, well, preacher, what do you mean? Uh, I want you to know this morning uh, it's time to get up uh, and out of the bed uh, of just hoping for it. Uh, well, what do you mean? Uh, I want you to know this morning that hope that is deferred maketh the heart sick, uh, but when the desire comes, uh, it bringeth forth the tree of life. Thank you, Brother Roger. Uh, you understand this morning, uh, I can hope uh, that I can get better. I can hope that I'll do better. I can hope that I'll get away from that infirmity. I can hope. Honey, can I stop right here and tell you this morning, honey, thank God we've got more than hope. Amen. If we had hope in this life only, we are of all men most miserable. Well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying my flesh will fail me. My flesh will fail you. Oh, don't look down your long nose and no good on me. Your flesh will fail me and your flesh will fail you. Do you know that all we are is a speck of dirt? Amen. All we are is mud. Amen. You understand this morning, honey, that none of us are any better than anybody else. That's right, preacher. You understand this morning, we need to get up out of the pity bed. We need to get up out of the bed. I'm just hoping we can do better and saying, Lord, I commit unto you my life, my soul, and my spirit. Help me to be what you'd have me to be. We need to get up from the bed of living like it's always been for 38 years. Year after year after year that tells me that this man came to the gate, came to the place of Bethesda, came to the pool year after year after year after year hoping somebody would help him in. Well, what makes you think that? In verse 7, he said, Sir, I have no man. So why did he keep coming back? 
He kept coming back because he was thinking in himself, well, maybe this year will be different. Maybe this time will be... I have to say this morning, I'm preaching against this man, but let me just say something I love about this man. He was determined. He was dedicated. Yeah. And he was disciplined. Well, how do you get that preacher? Do you know this morning, honey, you let me down one time and that'll be all right. You let me down, I might even let you let me down three or four times. But if you keep letting me down, there's going to come a point. Y'all look at me any way you want to. You ain't wired no different than I am. We might have different connectors on the end of our wires, but we're all wired the same. Somebody keeps letting you down over and over and over and over and over. Finally, you're just going to say, I quit. I give up. But this man, 38 years, he didn't quit. You know what that does? That sends a message to me that if you fall, get back up again. Amen. If you stumble, stand back up again. Don't lay down in your bed. You understand this morning, it's real easy in the flesh to make excuses. It's real easy in the flesh to blame everybody else. It's real easy in the flesh to say, I quit. I can't live a Christian life. But you know what? You're right about that. You can't live a Christian life. But greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. We cannot live it on our own. But thank God, you get blood bought, born again, saved. You become a child of God. He gives us the Holy Spirit of God that lives in us. Thank God that teaches us. You say, preacher, do I get it right every time? No. I don't get it right most of the time. But thank God there's one. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he didn't throw the clay away. I'm glad, thank God. Honey, whenever he put me on the wheel, thank God in the pot was working on me to make me what he'd had me to be. I'm glad whenever he took me off and I turned out a little deformed, a little withered, not able to fulfill his desire. You know what he does? He reaches down, picks me back up, puts me on the potter's wheel, and he don't quit, but he keeps on working on me. But you know what the, the clay does? The clay has to be willing to allow the potter to put his hands on him and in him. You ever watch that potter work? That potter, glory, hallelujah. That potter, he'll, glory, glory, glory. That potter, he'll put the clay on that wheel and he'll take his foot and he'll start turning the wheel and that wheel's going around and around. Thank God, oh my soul, Lord, I feel good. And the potter will take his hands and he'll hold the outside of that vessel and he'll shape it and he might make it a little contoured. And then when he's working on it and he's working on the details, he'll take his hand, he'll dip it in the water and he'll reach down on the inside of the vessel glory. I feel like I can take and launch off the glory and he'll have one hand on the inside of the vessel, one hand on the outside of the vessel, and that clay is going around, and the potter, he's still molding, he's still making, you might have fallen, you might
might have got let down. You might have been hurt. But don't give up today. That boy, he said, Sir, I have no man. I have no man. You know what that is? That's just an excuse. Let me give you another one. Brother Ezra, can I sit here beside you and Papa? It'd be okay. It'd be all right. Thank God. He's going to let me use his jacket. You know what another excuse is? Well, I need to go to the altar. Thank you, Bubby. I need to go to the altar. I need to get things right. Lord, I failed you yesterday. I know I did. But I need to go and get things right. But Lord, I'm going to give you an excuse. I'm not going to go because I don't want people to judge me. Lord, I'm not going to go because people will talk about me. Lord, I'm not going to go because somebody will come up and say, well, what are you praying about? It ain't none of nobody's business. If they want to tell it, let them tell it. But if thank God you understand this morning. Come on, I'll preach with you if you want to preach a while. You understand this morning. We'll live our life and we'll be filled up with excuses instead of reasons. We'll be filled up for a while. I can't do it. But let me tell you what the Bible says. I can do all things through Christ uh, whom strengthens me. Uh, you understand this morning, uh, say preacher that ain't good enough. Uh, he said we can be more uh, than conquerors. Uh, you realize today uh, your excuses are old. Uh, your excuses are gone. Uh, it's time this morning uh, to get up out of the bed uh, and live uh, the way God wants you to live. Say preacher, you had me. You had me until you wanted me to get up. You had me. Preacher, you was hoeing in my garden. And I was going to do better till you said for me to get up out of the bed. Let somebody else do it. Isn't that the way we are? Isn't that the way? We'll just let somebody else do it. Somebody said, well, let, let Brother Adam and let Brother Mike Bryant take up the offering. Let somebody else do it. Let somebody else uh, clean up the church. Uh, we'll come down. We'll come to church. We'll flop down. We'll leave our trash in the seats. And we'll expect the uh, janitorial service to pick it up. Amen. I'm preaching whether you like it or not. We live uh, and we lay down in the beds uh, of contentment. I'm comfortable here in my bed. I'm comfortable here just hoping I'll get better. I'm comfortable here making excuses why I can't get better. <laughs> 38 years he laid there watching everybody else. You ever, you ever been in a service and people all around you, the Holy Ghost is just loving on? Their, their, heart, <laughs> their heart juices are flowing. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is squeezing on their heart muscle. And they're wiping tears away and you're sitting there. Stone cold. What's that? And the Holy Ghost starts dealing with you and you're thinking, I see how they live their life. How can they come to church and how can God bless them? And I ain't feeling a thing. I wonder if they're just putting on. 38 years this man laid there watching everybody else get their miracle. 
38 years watching everybody else get their chains of bondage dropped loose. Watching everybody else be able to have their ankle bones strengthened so they could take up their bed and rise and walk six days a week. Yeah. 38 years he laid there making excuses. And Jesus just asked him this question. Wilt thou be made whole? (laughs) He didn't say, will you preach the gospel? He didn't say, will you run a bus route? Thank you, Brother Ezra. He didn't say, will you hand the coats to the preacher? (laughs) But he just asked this question. Wilt thou be made whole? You know what being made whole is? It's different for you than it is for me. See, as a, as a whole Christian, I'm not talking about being blood-bought born again. I'm talking about living the Christian life to the fullest. See, God called me to preach. And if I had not answered the call to preach, I would not have been whole. Yeah, because God was calling me out of the bed of do nothing. Yeah. Some of you, God has... Brother Ricky, sat back there 20 years. Is that right, Brother Ricky? Sat back there for 20 years. Meek, humble, and quiet young man. I'll take him. Come on, I'll put them coach down. I'll, I'll preach with you a little while. Brother Ricky, sat back there and finally... Did the Lord just continue to work with you, Ricky? Didn't quit? Finally announced the Lord was calling him to teach. Made himself available. And I believe we've got one of the greatest Sunday school teachers in all the country. I believe that. I truly believe that. You say, preacher, why do you say that? I truly believe that whenever a man or a woman answers the call of God, you say, preacher, God's not calling me to get out here and preach. He's not calling me to get out here and teach. Maybe He's just calling you to live for Him. Maybe He's just calling for you to take a pack of of gospel tracts. I get convicted. I'm just going to tell you. Well, we're on Facebook, ain't we? I get convicted when I go into a Sheets gas station and I don't have trikes in my pocket. Now you look at me any way you want to, but God has marched me down there at Hurricane West Virginia. I'll stop at that Sheets or that rest area. There's been multiple times my bladder's been full and I've had to stop there. I've walked inside and God has convicted me to walk back to the truck and get a gospel truck. Go in there and lay them down. You say, preacher, what if the Sheets family's watching? Hallelujah, I hope they get saved if they're not. You understand, they don't have a sign that says no gospel track laid. Uh-oh, I done hit a root, ain't I? You say, preacher, what are you saying? It might not be gospel tracks. Brother Bill, it might be serving the homeless community. It might be providing the coats to those that are in need. Brother Jason, it may be helping those in the activity building that may be going through a rough patch. You understand this morning, what makes you whole is not the same wholeness for me, but the same definition of wholeness is being willing to answer the call of God. You say, preacher, I'm saved. I'm on my way to glory. He's fine. He can hand him coach back to him if he wants to three different times. Thank you, Bubby. He's fine. I promise you. Let him work. Amen. Train him up. 
Yes, sir. You understand this morning, this man for 38 years, he laid there on that bed watching everybody else have their breakthrough. Watching everybody else get filled up. Watching everybody else get up out of their bed. He might have had a desire. Thirty-eight years. Brother Adam, will you stand? He might have seen Brother Adam get healed. And he might have said, thank you, Bubby. He might have said, Lord, why can't I have mine? Brother Mike, will you stand? Maybe seven more years later, he might have seen Brother Mike get his. And he might have started, Lord, I just can't go on. Everybody around me that is dealing with this infirmity, everybody else is receiving their blessing. But God, I ain't got mine. But this man, he didn't quit. 38 years, he kept coming back. 38 years, he kept laying there. He kept watching, but he didn't quit. Thirty-eight years, he might have said, "Lord, you know I'm having a pity party." You know, in that thirty-eighth year, maybe the Lord. Now the Bible does not record this, but I'll give you just a little bit of rabbiology to think about. Maybe the Lord went to him on that thirty-eighth year and said, "Son, I've heard your prayers." I've seen your dedication. I've seen your faithfulness. I've seen that you didn't quit. Let him go, Adam. I'll take him if that's all right with you, Daddy. Come here, Brother Ezra. Brother Ezra. Yeah, he got loose. He's happy now. (laughs) Come here, buddy. Let's preach a little bit. I'll hold your coats, too. Is that okay? For 38 years, maybe the Lord told him, I've seen your dedication. I've seen your faithfulness. I know you've been weary. I know you feel like everybody else has had their breakthrough. But here's the question I've got for you. Will thou be made whole? The Bible teaches the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You realize this morning... God has everything we need. Wilt thou be made whole? You know what we need to do? We need to get out of the bed. We need to get out of the pity party. We need to quit using the pandemic as an excuse. If you got to wear a mask, wear a mask. Amen? Amen. I'm not preaching again wearing a mask. Wear a mask. If you need the vaccine, go get a vaccine. I think you ought to take care of yourself. You understand this morning, just because we're living in the shadow of the pandemic does not mean God is done with you. He's a chunk of lunk of chunk. (laughs) I didn't mean that disrespectful, Brother Ezra. He just looked at me. (laughs) 
Brian, Wendy, if you'll come, please. I mean, what if being whole is what your family needs? What if you being whole is what will bring your lost parents in? What if you being spiritually whole is what will bring your lost neighbors in? Your lost children in? What if you being spiritually made whole is what your co-workers need to see? Wilt thou be made whole? The Bible teaches that this man, the strength came in his ankles, came in his legs, and he stood. Jesus told him, take up thy bed, rise and walk. Oh, it wasn't long until the pharisaical attitude of that time. Well, who healed you? On the Sabbath? Yeah. Doesn't the Bible teach us that you're allowed to do something on the Sabbath if your ox is in a ditch? See, man was not made for the Sabbath. But Sabbath for the man. 38 years he laid there. And I have to wonder, I have to imagine. Now this is just the way my, my messed up mind works. I wonder if for 38 years, the Bible just simply says that through a specific season, the angel of the Lord would come and trouble the water. Maybe the Lord troubled the water yesterday. But He's still laying there. He's still laying there. He's still hoping. We come to church, we're still hoping God will help us. You say, preacher, you have no idea the demons that I fight. You're right, I don't, but He does. Preacher, you have no idea of the temptations that I struggle with. You're right, I don't, but He does. Maybe we come to the house of God service after service after service and we leave every service thinking I'll do better. We get out into the world and we slip and we fall. And we start back into having a pity party. Wilt thou be made 